Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito. I'm pleased to welcome back to retina synthesis Dr. David Boyer of the Retina Vitreous Group of uh, Los Angeles, also adjunct professor at uh, the Keck School of Medicine at USC. Gave a fascinating presentation at Angiogenesis 2022. David, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Thank you very much, Carmen. It's good to see you. Can you tell us a little bit about the agent and its novel mechanism of action for diabetic retinopathy? Yeah, it's my pleasure. APX3330, um, I presented the phase two oral drug inhibiting novel target of REF1 with a dual anti-VEGF and anti-inflammatory mode of action. Um, I am a consultant uh, for the company and did participate in their trial. REF1 is a very novel target. Um, it, it's a protein that regulates transcription factors, particularly HIF1 and NFKB. And these two transcription factors are very important, as you know. They're upstream of VEGF and they're upstream of many of the cytokines. So they basically, this one small molecule that's given orally is able to block both of these uh, HIF1 NFKB and create both an anti-VEGF and an anti-inflammatory effect um, with this drug. Um, it represents the, one of the first in class drugs of a mode of action, a oral drug. And, and I think this would be nice to have. You can start patients a little bit earlier, depending on obviously the safety, and may be able to reduce progression of patients that have uh, diabetic retinopathy. So there've been a lot of preclinical data presented and published on this. Um, we know that VEGF levels go up and down in, in models and pro-inflammatory cytokines, TNF-alpha and interleukin-6 are blocked by macrophages that um, this has been proven APX3330 in uh, experimental trials. Um, in the, in the well-studied um, CNV mouse model, oral gavage really reduced the clinically significant um, CNV size by about 50%. So we're really showing that it is very comparable to anti-VEGF, again, being given uh, orally. Um, we have some functional data. We, we, this is a, a drug that actually has been around for a while. It was developed targeting uh, inflammation in 300 healthy and hepatic patients in 10 phase one or two clinical studies. So it's been a study for a long time, had excellent safety, and um, it actually showed uh, it was focusing both on inflammation as well as angiogenesis. And they, Occupier, the company that sponsored the trial, was able to use this preclinical and clinical data so that they could actually go out and support the IND very quickly. They didn't have to show safety as this has been well established in the past. So the APX3330 is bioavailable and it has a pretty constant PK uh, profile. So it's many times higher than what's been done experimentally and able to um, hopefully suppress the, both the angiogenic and the inflammatory component. And um, the, the safety profile in 340 pa uh, patients that were dosed at higher levels, 720 milligrams per day uh, for one year in some studies, showed a very small, about 5% risk of going on to developing um, diarrhea or any other uh, drug-related uh, AEs. Um, the, in, in our study that we've been doing, we had one patient, um, he had mild diarrhea, and that's the only patient, and we had approximately uh, over 20 patients in our study. Um, 
so we're going ahead with 600 milligrams uh, of a single dose of 600 milligrams a day and uh, based upon the fact that it seems to be very safe. And so the Zeta trial was randomized to 25 sites. They want to enroll about 100 patients. And they were studying the typical group of patients, 47, 53, and 61. Uh, these were moderately severe to severe NPDR and early mild uh, proliferative diabetic retinopathy and non-central diabetic retinopathy. They didn't treat patients with central D, uh, DR. The uh, primary endpoint was 24 weeks. Um, and the, what we're looking for is a two-step improvement in diabetic retinopathy severity and other secondary endpoints, including central subfield thickness, um, corrective visual acuity, labs, et cetera. The inclusion and exclusion are, are just similar to what we um, normally would see in, in, a in a group of patients that we're looking for improvement in diabetic retinopathy severity. It would be noted that you could have center-involved uh, diabetic macular edema in the fellow eye, though you couldn't have it in the eye that was being treated. So we will get some data on fellow eye treatments. About at the time I gave the lecture, about 70% of patients were enrolled. We're close to completing enrollment totally. Um, there were some mild uh, AEs, you know, considered like vertigo, rash, uh, itching, and frequent bowel movements. Two were considered moderate, increase in diabetic macular edema and diarrhea. Um, and those were in the same patients who withdrew. Otherwise, everybody else completed, is completing the study. So in summary, this was uh, the first drug in this class orally developed for diabetic retinopathy. It targets REF1, which is, um, plays a role both in VEGF signaling as well as inflammatory signaling. Um, a fairly good safety profile with very few patients uh, uh, dropping out of the study or having complications. It is almost um, fully enrolled and hopefully will be enrolled in, in fully enrolled in the next month. And I'm looking forward to seeing the results both for the diabetic retinopathy and we're also looking at the kidney disease. So there may be a place that this may play a role in improving kidney function in these diabetic patients as the mode of action is very similar to the retinopathy. So the, the goal wasn't really to do diabetic macular edema, but really to look at reducing disease severity? Correct. You know, we'll get some hint about diabetic macroedema. Once you, you know, Carmen, you know, once you get into treating diabetic, once the patients have diabetic macroedema, if they have any visual loss at all, you're obligated to treat them. And, you know, then you're adding VEGF and that would mean that you wouldn't be able to really know which was causing the improvement in diabetic retinopathy severity. So we will have some idea of whether this does work for diabetic macroedema, but the, the, this, the study, the thought of the study was if you can see these patients and treat them orally early, you may prevent vision-threatening complications and you may be able to stop patients from going on to developing these changes. So that's really the goal is to see how it affects the diabetic retinopathy severely. How, how severe diabetic retinopathy uh, was necessary to be enrolled in the study? Well, they did 47, 53, and actually they did 61, which most people stay away from. But 61 is, is proliferative diabetic retinopathy without being clinically you know, uh, meaningful. So in other words, if they had disc neovascularization greater than 200 microns, they would not be eligible because they would be high risk. Or if they had hemorrhage and they had neovascularization elsewhere, but small tufts of neovascularization elsewhere 
we're eligible and we're going to see if these um, if this drug is able to reduce that you will you know get two two-step improvements in your diabetic retinopathy it may also give us an opportunity to see how these small tufts of neovascularization respond and if they respond well um, this may be an alternative to early treatment of some patients with early proliferative disease. How do they document the findings in the study? Um, the, the fluorescent angiography documented, you know, you, it, for diabetic retinitis severity, it's seven fields. You know, it's the old seven field, you know, going way back to, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, for, you know, for the neovascularization, they did do fluorescent angiography. So we will see some results and see if that changes the perfusion and changes whether the neovascularization or the IRMAs will go away. And it's a one-year study? Uh, yeah, it's a one-year study. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, it, it takes us out of, you know, making people pin cushions. It's nice to be able to, you know, offer them something else besides an injection. Uh, compliance may be better and they may not have to return as often. You know, there's a lot of going on with uh, patients being able to home monitor themselves for diabetic macular edema. So I think that um, in the future, I'm hoping that we don't have to see these patients and inject them as often. Yeah. It's an exciting study. Look forward to the results. We'll, see, we'll hear about it next year at angiogenesis, I guess. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Carmen. Stay well. Thank, thank you.